Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we're thankful that even in the valley, even in the valley, you are faithful. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, help us in the valley, in those times when, when we feel like we're in the pit. Lord, even then, we remember you're faithful. And the Lord, we would look to you. We would lift our eyes beyond our situation, beyond the valley we're in. And Lord, we would continue to look to you and trust you, trust you for all that we need, Lord, because you are sovereign over us. Lord, you're in charge. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for loving each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week I shared about purpose, that we all have purpose. You know, I shared about, you know, as God's children, we're, we're to love God, we're to love our neighbors, we're to serve we're to be good husbands, good wives, good fathers, good mothers, good children. We're to be good workers. There's, we have a lot of purpose. There's lots of things that God's called us to do. He's given us purpose. Today I want to call, look at what is your calling. I want to look at what is your calling. I got some scriptures I'm going to use as a basis for, for what I want to share. The first one's in Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. If we're called, if we're, if we're seeking him, if we're doing what he wants, who are called according to his purpose, we're all called according to his purpose. He's got, he's got a plan. He's got a plan for us. He's, he's got a, something he wants us to do. In Ephesians 4, 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling for which you were called. So we're to walk according to the calling. God has a calling in our lives and God has something he wants us to do and we're to walk according to that. You know, find out what it is. And that's part of life's challenges. Find out what it is God's called me to do. I say challenge because for me personally, you know, when I felt called to the ministry, um, I was probably about 20 I thought about it a little bit, you know, and there was people who encouraged me as a young person growing up, but I felt a call when I was probably around 20, couldn't figure it out, and it took 20 years for that to come about. That's a process. You know, it's a process. God's got a process. You know, he, I believe we have a call. We're to walk worthy of that, that calling that God has. We, you know, I think a lot of it is trying to find it, what it is that God's called us to do. And, and then in Ephesians 4.11, he says he, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to focus a little bit today. You know, we all have calling. We all have purposes, things that God's gifted us for. I think he's, you're going to do what God's given you gifting for and direction he sends you in. I want to really focus today on spiritual calling and not that other things, not that vocations aren't spiritual callings. But I want to really focus on he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, because I think and I know there's a shortage of these people. If you just check around and listen, there's a tremendous shortage of people with a call in their life to serve in those capacities in the church. You know, just think about it. When's the last time you knew somebody that went into the ministry? I, I was at uh, the rec center in Bowling Green and uh, talking to a gentleman. 
from a town around here, and you know, and it's a typical story. You know, he's in a little church. It was a big church, thriving at one time, and now they're down to 20, 30 people. And he says, so he says to me, he says, well, how do, what are you doing different? It just opened up a door. But then he says, well, you know, I don't know what we can do because he says our pastor right now is an interim pastor. He's an older gentleman and he's filling in and but he's not the answer. He's not the one that's going to take us to where we, we need to go. How do we do that? He says, but we can't find anybody. Can't find anybody. You know, there's a there's a shortage. I, I was thinking last time Jim Montgomery was here as an evangelist, I thought, who's the next generation of evangelists? I don't even have an answer. I I mean, you know, who's who's being raised up to be an evangelist in the next generation to, to go and, and spread the gospel? Now, in a broad sense, the Gideons are evangelists because they do that, but they do it on a personal level, and, you know, that's great. But does anybody feel that call to be a, an evangelist? You know? So I, I got to think, you know, what is, how, does, how does this happen? And I want to share this, and, and not only do I want to encourage our young people, I also, you know, God called Moses when he was 80, so, you know, this gets pretty broad, folks. <laughs> okay? So, you know, I want to try to encourage young people, but, you know, God can call all of us at any time. God calls individuals. Individuals. He calls individual people. And he speaks to them. Speaks to them. Now, you know, Moses had a big experience, you know, a burning bush that didn't burn. That's, you know, like, that's a no-brainer to me. I don't know. You know, I have never had that happen, but that'd be like a no-brainer. Okay, I think God's trying to tell me something, you know. Okay, but, you know, most of us, he, he'll speak in a probably a gentle voice, a a whisper inside of us, uh, maybe people encouraging us. And that's where I want to see the church maybe thinking about how do we encourage young people to consider this? Consider this. You know, over the years, I, I've been around different young people. And I thought, wow, I think they got a call in their life. You know, you just kind of sense that. And I think that we need to encourage that call. We need to encourage that. Um, so God will speak to you. He'll have others speak to you. People will encourage you. You know, have you considered this? One of the problems today, and, and I want to say it now in case I forget, but one of the problems today is finances, folks. It's just flat out true. Here's the deal. Ministry doesn't pay very good. Now think about it. Think about it. Um, you know, how big does the church have to be to really finance somebody to go into the ministry and raise a family. You know? I mean, we're talking reality. It, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So if you tell your young, your young person growing up, oh, you ought to go into the ministry, and they look at you and say, yeah, but how much, how, what am I going to make? Can I take care of a family? Can I raise a family? You know? What's it, take, what's it take to be in ministry and raise a family and get health insurance? You know? I mean, all kinds of issues. All kinds of issues, I think, that we need to say, okay, what's the reality here? You know, what's really happening? Um, but, but, you know, I still think that God in his church seems to me like if he said we need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, 
then somehow we got to figure out what we need to do to get there. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? Why do we need to encourage young people to consider this? Consider a, a, a call in their life. Pastors are leaving the ministry faster, faster than young people are coming in. That's, that's a fact. Many churches are shrinking in size, leaving 20 to 40 older people and no children. Yesterday on the walk, I had a discussion with a past, two pastors. And I said, what's the church going to look like in 20 years? Just think about it. What do you think the church is going to look like? Not this church, but the church. What's the church going to look like in 20 years? A church of 20 to 40 older people and no young people, what's it going to look like in 20 years? One pastor said to me, well, it's going to look like it does now. I said, no, they're all dead. A church of older people with 20 to 40 people in 20 years, they're gone. Now, we didn't go any further than that. When I said, no, they're all dead, I, it just kind of the discussion ended there. And, and, but, you know, think about it. Isn't that kind of what's going to happen? You know, if you're a young family and you bring children to church and you bring it to a church of 20 to 40 older people, are you going to stay? The answer is no. And older churches say, yeah, but we need young people. How are you going to get them there? Because if I walk through the door and there's no young people there, I'm turning around and walking out or I'll stay and then walk out next week. My kids will decide that for me. Mom, I don't want to go there. Why would I, why, you know, take me somewhere where there's somebody my age. So if the church ever gets to that point where, and as this, if we ever get to that point where it's 20 to 40 older people sitting here, then you'll get somebody to part-time see you through the death process. That's exactly what happens. I'm not saying that's not a calling. I, I'm not, you know, that's not a, I'm not against that. I'm just saying that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. So what's the church look like in the future? So I've been, this has kind of been like, wow, what's the church going to look like? And I've got some options for you. Here's some options. The church is going to look like regional churches that are very large, that can, that can give you all the things you need. Very large churches with multi-faceted ministry. And they'll just be here and there, and people will come from long distances to go to these regional churches um they'll be fairly impersonal the danger is you can go and just kind of go and go home and nobody knows you and there's not much commitment that's the downside that's the downside not you know you can kind of just hide you know there's people like to go to church and just hide you know just like nobody know me um that's one option um, another option is if there's a shortage of pastors, so we only have enough pastors to do these regional churches, I think there's a good chance we could have a lot of house churches start up. That people would say, wow. Now, house churches can start up for a lot of different reasons, okay? But sometimes it could be just because there's, I, I, there's not enough pastors, and so where are we going to meet? And a few people say, hey, let's get together. And you could have house churches sprout up. Another thing that could cause house churches to start is persecution. If persecution increases, 
then you'll see more house churches, okay? Because once persecution increases, people won't want to go to church and be identified with the Christians because I don't want to get my head cut. You know, I don't want to get in trouble. So, you know, you can meet in house churches. You know, sometimes that's a very healthy. I'm not saying it's wrong. Sometimes it's a very healthy situation. Now, if house churches spring up, then a lot more people are called. A lot more people are called because the necessity. You know, what you're going to do, you're going to meet together and you're going to have somebody step up and be the leader. And, you know, you'll have a pastor. You have somebody that leads the group. You know, when you think about calling, we have giftings inside of us. Identify your children's giftings and help them to find their calling. <laughs> this week, I was I, I told the story. My great-grandchild, my great-grandson, he's well, four. Let's say he's four. I could be right or wrong. But you don't know, so I'll say he's four. So he's four. He's in preschool. He wants to be in charge. I mean, I, I watched him. He wants to be in charge. The teacher stepped out of his room in preschool, and he took over. When she came back, he was in charge of the room, telling the kids what they ought to do. And now, what does that tell you? The boy has leadership ability. Now, if it's not guided in the right direction, folks, it's going to be really bad. It's going to be really bad. But I can identify a leader. Just leave him in an empty room, and pretty soon you'll find out who the leader is. Now, sometimes with adults, it's a little different. Because if I do that with adults, there are certain people that want to be leaders that aren't leaders that try to take over at first. Now, once they clear out of the way, then you'll find out who the true leader is. Okay, so that's that's just a side note. Okay, um, we could also see more churches with part-time pastors. Just because of the way things are, you could have more part-time pastors, people who are bi- bivocational, and they'll work a job and take care of a church. Now, that's going to be a smaller version than the, the regional type churches, okay? So somebody could be called to be a pastor and have a, another job, but then lead a group of people. Now, d- that's debatable about how gr- big the group could be, how much he could do, and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it could be a lot more part-time, what we would call part-time people. You know, still have a call, still have a call. Here's the fourth one that I, <laughs> I hadn't thought of this one, but... Um, we t- I threw it out Wednesday night at Bible study, and somebody gave me this idea. Jenny did. And uh, I thought, oh, yeah. What's the chances of the church in the future thinking it's going to be online? What's the chances? Online. You just go online. You'll listen to the message. You'll give online, you know. Just fill in your credit card number and send in your offering. Let that settle in a little bit. I don't, I think I have some real problems. Okay, I, but now we're almost there. Okay, you can say, oh, no. Hey, there's, that's already happening. That's already happening. You know, a friend of mine, he streams all of his services. You don't have to, if I go to his church, I don't have to go to church. I can just listen to him and he tells me where to send my tithe. No commitment. I mean, no, no fellowship. Nobody, you know, that, that's the downside of that. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a godly example. But, you know, 
that could be where the some of the church can end up if we're almost there we're almost there we're almost there what difference does it make what difference does it make you know when you think about all this well i think it makes a great difference you know jesus said you know some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors some teachers i don't think that changes the church needs those people the church needs those people they need people who can identify the call and meet the call oh i forgot one more option you're all going to love this one jesus comes back we don't worry about it okay now that's that that's that, you know and i thought about it, you know that's not clear out of the picture I mean, obviously, it's not out of the picture, but, but you know, when you think about why, why don't we see this call and these people coming forward, and maybe we aren't going to need them. It's just a thought, just a thought. I that wasn't a prediction, okay. Um, but you know, what's our responsibility? What's our responsibility? I think our responsibility is to encourage our young people to consider a call in their life. All of us ought to listen for a call. You know, because God could call any of us to do something that he would desire. But especially young people. You know, we point them towards all the secular jobs. Why not consider, if they, you know, maybe they have a call. Maybe they have a call. I want to close with this scripture from Isaiah, the sixth chapter. Being at the first verse, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. He was high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim, and each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, Woe is me, I am undone. By the way, in the presence of God, that will normally be our response. Woe is me, I am undone. It's not, oh, hi, God, how you doing? Okay, just throw that out. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, And who will I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Who's going to go? Who's going to go? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. See, it's personal. It's a personal call. You know, we need to encourage our young people. You know, it's a call. You know, you need to hear the voice of God. And we need to encourage them to listen. Not all are going to be called into the ministry. You know, but he gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists. Some, you know, I'm not even sure we consider some. You know, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen? You know, I think we need to see that we have responsibility in that. You know, there's always going to be a church. Always going to be a church. God's always going to have a church. 
But, you know, I think we have personal responsibility as a group, as a church. We have personal responsibility for ourselves and how we are part of what it is that God might do in the future. You know, don't underestimate yourself. You know, don't, well, he couldn't use me. The people who God couldn't use is always the ones he did. You know, that's, that's kind of the nature of the thing. You know, Moses says, well, I can't lead all these people. I can't even talk right. God said, okay, I'll get you somebody to talk. You know, we just need to listen and know, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to do? Consider that. Consider that. Consider that for your children. Encourage them. Your grandchildren. Your great-grandchildren. You know, consider that. Encourage them. Encourage them in that. Let's all stand. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your purpose for each of us. Lord, we thank you that you have a calling for us. And the Lord, that some are called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. Stir your people. Lord, help us to hear from you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for just being faithful to us, Lord. Thank you. You are sovereign over us. Lord, just watch over us. Keep us close to you. Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. Lord, I pray if anyone has a need for prayer, if, Lord, during this time together that you've kind of spoken to their lives or, or they came in with a burden or something they just want to be encouraged about and, and, and seek you about, Lord, you encourage them to come up and let our prayer team pray for them right up front after we after we close. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your presence with us. Lord, dismiss us now with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.